1: With Zach Pearson,
0: Zach Pearson,
1: and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears, Go Bears presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bearport Podcast, the fifth practice of OTAs is officially in the book. The second one that was open to the media here on Wednesday at Hallis Hall. I'm Zach Pearson. I'm joined by Usaid Koshal. We're going to break down what we saw and what was kind of a, you know, not an exciting practice, but one on where the Bears worked on a little situational stuff um, out there at Hallis Hall. We'll get into all of that. First, let me bring in Usaid. And, and Usaid, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. I mean, it's 90-something degrees here in Illinois, so hot weather is kicking, and fortunate in my area to get a little bit of rain. But, yeah, it's OTAs are going on right now. You know, it's not much either. I mean, it's literally just like seven-on-sevens is what it is, but still some football action before we get into the dog days of summer. So it's still something to
1: And, you know, today's practice you know, compared to last week's um, was a little more light in terms of what they were doing. Last week was a lot more 7-on-7, 11-on-11 drills, more team stuff. This week was just more from what we've seen. Obviously, they're probably doing stuff different um, on Tuesday and, and Thursday. But from what we've seen, it's more, you know, run zone stuff, like their run game, um, kind of like they did some red zone today. They did um, two-minute drill stuff. They did, like, normal down situations. They got the field goal unit out there. So it wasn't as much as, you know, like what we saw last week. And to be honest, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or, like, come out here and lie or anything. There really wasn't a lot going on today. I mean, I guess the first thing we can start with is um, the absences. Again, um, you know, Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson are out there. as They're recovering from injuries they suffered last year. Nate Davis wasn't out there again. Uh, we don't really know what he's going through, but the big one, obviously, Jalen Johnson. Um, and the Bears keep saying voluntary. These are voluntary. Uh, I thought Alan Williams had a really interesting quote because he was asked, you know, is Jalen Johnson out there? Is Will he be out there as he spoke before practice? And, you know, he had a kind of a, can I say no comment? He, he wanted to say, I'm a no comment um, type answer. Hinting that, you know, Jalen's not out there. And then he went on to say, you know, let me let me say this. We would love all for guys to be out there. Went on to talk about the training staff, the staff um, strength and conditioning, the coaching staff. Um, he says they have the best and all of that. And uh, he wants guys to be there. And, and he kept on saying it's voluntary. And it's like, you know, we all get that. Um, and, you know, it is the players' choices to be there. But um, yeah, it's still voluntary in the end.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's voluntary. It's an incredibly interesting fiasco to consider here because the Bears are going to have roster decisions to make next offseason, and one of those is going to be Jalen Johnson. Now, the question automatically comes is how does this regime, which didn't draft him, isn't really married to him at all, how are they going to create his play out? You. And it's kind of like it's a maker here for Jalen Johnson in the sense that we know he's a really good The question is, is, can he make the jump from being really good to being elite to convince the front office to be able to even pay him? And then the other half of the argument just comes down to the fact that it's like the injuries. You know, he's had the sh- nagging shoulder injury. Then last year he dealt with a hip injury as well as a hand injury at various points in the season. I know you and I were sitting in the press box at Soldier Field, and there was a point where he was – playing and starting but then he ended up coming out of the game and that was one or two weeks after he was recovering from an injury so it's really a situation where Jalen could just be taking time away to make sure that he's fully ready to go for training camp but again the Bears aren't wrong to say "Yeah, it's voluntary I mean we see plenty of veterans not showing up to OTAs this is still though, it's a situation worth monitoring considering the way that the Roquan Smith fiasco went down last summer.
1: Yeah, that's always something we have to keep in mind, especially, you know, with the Bears and they want to lock up their guys, but as we saw with Roquan Smith last year, that's that's not always the case. Um you know, for me, I said it last week with Aaron, it's like, you know, you have to go back and look at the Roquan Smith stuff. And you also have to look, are the Bears, you know, really sold on Jalen Johnson? Obviously, like they, they are um, monitoring this, but at the same time, it's like, you know, they're not married, like you said, they're not married to this. Like they didn't draft him. They um, did bench him last year in OTAs. He was running with the second team. Um, Even before them, you know, he, he, he was late to a thing and got, he got fined by Matt Nagy, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not – I do think Jalen Johnson should be there. I I think, you know, Nick Davis should be there. But, again, they're voluntary. That's why the CBA is in there. They don't have to be there. Um, In a couple weeks, they will have to be there. Now, other injury notes, um, guys that were there but did not practice, Chase Claypool, which uh, Matty Rufus said was a soft tissue injury. Uh, Lucas Patrick did not participate. He was on a bike to start practice. No Alex Leatherwood. um, No Jack Sanborn. Uh, I think those were the kind of the, the bigger ones there. Oh, no Dante Foreman. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything is serious right now with those injuries. Um, obviously, you see Chase Claypool, and you're kind of like, oh, that's that's probably not good. Um, you want him out there because, you know, it is the offseason. So as many reps as he can get out there is it, going to be valuable.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're 110% right. And, again, the Chase Claypool – situation It's a fiasco at this point. And the reason being is because there were points where he missed parts of last season after coming over in that trade from the Steelers. We had the nagging knee injury. And again, the team really covered that up too simply because it was kind of, yeah, Chase is out there, but he's not really out there. Kind of your classic bears way of covering up injuries. But ultimately what it comes down to is this, is that this is, Another make-or-break situation for the Bears because you have a wide receiver. He's young. You believe in him because you coughed up a high second-round pick for him, which ended up being the 32nd overall pick in the 2023 draft. Now, ultimately, the question really becomes is, what are the Bears going to do with Chase Claypool if he goes through more nagging injuries? I mean, you could then, and I understand hindsight's 2020, but you could effectively make the argument they would have been better off riding it out with whatever that they had. And I understand the injuries are hard to predict, but let's just be real about something. I mean, it's not like Claypool's a guy who transforms your wide receiver core. Does he add a ton of value? Yes. But then again, at what expense? And you look back at it and say, maybe had the bears waited. And I understand it was a trade deadline thing, but a second round pick was pretty luxurious for the price. So people have been all over the spectrum when it comes to the Chase Claypool trade and I quite frankly don't blame anyone at all because this is just like one injury after another and if again if he gets another injury which we hope he doesn't then it's going to make the Bears look like real losers in the trade which again let's be honest if the Bears weren't picking number one overall they're probably not acquiring DJ Moore this offseason and then you do have this fiasco of 30 year quarterback with you know a bit of a okay, but not necessarily great wide receiver core.
1: Yeah. And it's, you got to get Claypool involved with the offense. You know, he has to be out there for these snaps. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. I don't think it's anything serious. Um, All right. Going into the stuff that we saw on the field out there today. um, Like I said, there wasn't a lot of highlights, you know, for me, obviously Tyreek Stevenson making the interception, jumping the route, um, and, and picking off Justin Fields was, was huge. Um, and it came, you know, 90 minutes after Alan Williams was asked about Tyreek Stevenson. And, and you know, Williams said that, or um, excuse me, he was asked um, what Stevenson has to do in order to get reps, you know, with the full, with, with the first team. And, um, you know, looking back at, at the practice, what was it? Uh, last Tuesday, Stevenson was mainly with the second team. Um, he was kind of struggling out there a little bit, um, you know, And and John Hoke even talked about it after practice as well about Stevenson um, needing to do better in some areas, including the interception. Um, But Alan Williams just said, you know, he's got to make plays. He's got to make plays and don't give up the big plays. He's got to understand the defense, got to communicate. And with Jalen Johnson not out there, Tyreek Stevenson's going to get a little more um, run there with the first team. And, And, you know, we're seeing Jalen Johnson or we're seeing. Tyreek Stevenson, we're seeing Kyler Gorham, we're seeing Kendall Vildor. Um, Jalen Jones got some run out there. Uh, Greg Stroman last week. Um, So, yeah, there's a bunch of guys getting turns. But Stevenson had the highlight play of the day. And and for me, I I think he's going to be really good in this league. Um, And I think with time, you know, he's going to benefit from having this extra time out there with Jalen Johnson sitting out.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
2: Yeah. Tyreek Stevenson is an interesting case study because if I look at all the bears prospects, everyone knows Darnell Wright and Roshan Johnson are probably going to end up being day one contributors. Again, the two defensive tackles, Javon Dexter, Zach Pickens, you're split on what they're able to do because his team is going to use a rotation. But Tyreek Stevenson's a guy who, quite frankly, the opportunity is sitting right there in front of him. And based on the way things have gone so far in these voluntary OTAs, he's done everything to really seize the opportunity. So this is a young player it's a situation where again you could kind of say he's mature beyond his years because he definitely has showcased that at points throughout this offseason even though he's only been drafted for a month my whole thought process with Tyreek Stevenson comes down to the fact that he's going to be an underrated rookie to watch and quite frankly I mean Looking ahead here, he does make the cornerback room expendable because if he comes in and plays at a high level, then you're looking at a situation where the Bears say, well, we don't need to pay Jalen Johnson a hefty contract. We can kind of go ahead, figure things out. From Tyreek Stevenson's perspective, it's really positive because it gives him the reps that he really needs. Now, throughout the regular season, when the games count, there are going to be some growing pains, but just his makeup, his demeanor, the athlete that he is, you look at the measurables too, having incredibly long arms. I mean, he has everything needed to succeed in this league playing cornerback. It's just a question of how quickly is he going to put it all together? And In the bigger picture, I mean, he's got Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson in the secondary, too, to really help mentor him to bring him along, too.
1: Yeah, that's key. He can can learn from those guys. Um, You know, offensively, looking at it, you know, like I mentioned, they did red zone, they did two minutes. The red zone stuff, they're really good in. um, Fields also connected DJ Moore a couple times. There was a touchdown. Um, and the Bears have the clip out. You know, it was a nice throw. Moore was matched up. I believe it was Kyler Gordon in the slot, um, put a nice move on him on in the inside. Fields put it right there He made the catch. There was also another nice catch um, later on in two-minute drills by DJ Moore from Justin Fields. To me, it kind of seems like those, that too, that connection's working. We saw it last week, too. Like Every time we watched 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11 seven, 11 11 out there, you know, it, it was a lot of Justin Fields and DJ Moore. It kind of feels good to kind of have that number one wide receiver, that, that kind of safety blanket. I don't think, you know, Justin Fields has not had that so far in his career. And when you get Moody healthy, if Claypool comes back, the Bears going to have a strong wide receiver room, I'd say. Um, you know, overall, though, it's just, it's hard. Like, it, you know, Miss Fields didn't make the mistake. He had a low throw out to Cole Komet as well um, in Reds, I believe it was Red Zone. Um so it's kind of hard to judge on things. Overall, for the day, I'd say they weren't bad on offense. It's kind of what you expect. You know, there's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some good throws as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's all fine-tuning right now. They're working on stuff. They're doing situational stuff. I think the next couple practices here, especially when they go to mandatory um, next week, I think it'll be um, a lot cleaner. We'll learn a little bit more and then obviously in training camp you'll see everything with the pads on. But, you know, overall, solid day for the offense. There were some ups, there were some downs. You know, P.J. Walker, I thought, looked much better than what he did the week before. He kind of found that um, that groove with uh, Tyler Scott in the two-minute drill, three straight completions. Scott had a nice move, cutting up field, um, getting some extra yards. So, yeah, I want to keep an eye on that because I, I really thought the, the backup quarterbacks were not very good last week. But yeah, the main story continues to be, it's Justin Fields and, D- and DJ Moore in that connection.
2: And quite frankly, if you are the Bears, you're looking at Justin Fields, DJ Moore, just how quickly those two have progressed. That right there is when we get closer to training camp and we get to the regular season and we talk about foundational pillars that are going to help this offense take off that are going to be major assets to Luke Getzey because the league does have a year of film on the Luke gets the offense now for the Bears. I mean, the fields to more connection is going to be one of the major foundational pillars. And it looks good right now, even though this is just choice practices, the real evaluation for both these guys is going to come because in the regular season, because quite frankly, this is a passing offense that needs a jump start, right? And no disrespect to Darnell Mooney or Cole Comet as – Solid as those guys have been with Justin Fields over. a have that kind of big they have had that threat. now you're kind of getting into that with you more so. The two on the same page the much better it's going to be. Now he declined to say whether or not he was working out with anyone off campus, but. There's something there that tells me that these guys are getting together outside of palace hall, getting some extra mental reps in just to be able to get on the same page because for anyone that's covered the bears since Justin Fields has been with this team, it's crazy because you can tell something's up, but then ultimately they're not going to disclose or a player won't say anything. And then all of a sudden you'll find out like months later, yeah, behind the scenes when they weren't practicing at how they were doing some I remember when the news broke that Mooney and Field are at Hall to like midnight some nights, just trying to get on the same page. So this feels some more connection. Definitely one to watch that is gonna help this offense hopefully take off. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: It, it, it would be huge for this passing game because, you know, the Bears relied a lot on the run last year. And a lot of that, you know, the top rushing team in the NFL, but a lot of that was inflated by Justin Fields and, you know, his 1,100 rushing yards. You take that away, and, and I just want to know, how, you know, how effective would they have been on the ground? And you have a couple different backs coming in now. I'm not saying they should abandon the run, but they have to be better in the passing game. And, and we'll know right away. I mean, we'll know in the first couple of weeks. Are they going to be – really good are they gonna be improved in the passing game will justin fields be improved i think right now during otas it's really hard to say yes or no um just because you're not really fully seeing everything and they even kind of scale back a lot of stuff from the media when they're out there as well you know when, when we're out there that the, we get one day a week until mandatory um they're probably not doing their full playbook or anything like that while we're out there so you know we don't get to see a lot of that um but at the same time, you know, it, we do get to see glimpses of stuff and and I, I do like what I've seen from the Justin Fields, DJ Moore connection. I can't wait till Darnell Mooney gets out there to see his impact in the offense and kind of see what Chase Claypool has because you know I, I think they have a good tight end again in Cole Komet, but what do they have behind him? So I, I think they'll have options. Uh, and it'll be interesting to watch. I've said it all offseason. Like watching these wide receivers against the secondary is gonna be really fun to watch. And now the secondary has another tough, you know, guy to cover in, in DJ Moore. So yeah, that'll, that'll be kind of interesting to watch moving forward. Uh, as we wrap things up here, you said, uh, was there anything that you saw or heard or anything in the past two weeks that you want to note from OTAs?
2: Yeah, I would say this, just going back to the whole Nate Davis situation, I mean, people really kind of forget. Like, the Bears handed Nate Davis, and I understand we touched on this briefly with the absences, but the Bears went ahead and they handed nate davis a three-year 30 million dollar deal making 10 million a year with the belief that he'd be the starting right guard so the fact that the team really hasn't said anything about what he's doing where he's at his whereabouts it's it's a situation that again you can't put too much slack into it but certainly something to keep an eye on especially when it comes to mandatory minicamp because This is a team where we've heard the general manager as well as the head coach pretty much come out and say, hey, listen, and I'm pretty sure Chris Morgan said this at one point too, but all three of those guys to some extent have alluded to the fact that there's going to be some level of competition on the offensive line and that everyone's battling for their spots. So to see and monitor the whole Nate Davis fiasco, it is worth keeping an eye on because if training camp rolls around, I understand training camp's like 8 to 10 weeks away, but if camp rolls around and he's not fully 100% or he's just not speaking to the media, then you know something is up because this would not be the first time this team has tried to cover something up with one of its offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll get that far into it. I think Davis will probably be there mandatory in training camp, but it is an interesting story to – to kind of keep an eye on especially also Jalen Johnson. I think that'd be the one I'd be a little more um, concerned with. But I, I I expect both of them to fully be there when it's mandatory time and as well as training camp. So we'll have to see. Um, are you saying where can everyone follow you and read your work at?
2: Yeah guys you can follow me on Twitter at Useid Culture. Check out my work on the Bear Report website.
1: Yes and no uh, you can follow the bear report on Twitter at just bear report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z I C K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Helps this podcast as well as picks for polls, which you can hear you say, and Andrew Freeman on every week talking Bears and the NFL draft. Till next time, everyone, please stay safe and please stay healthy.